0: Okay, Romans. Uh, we're in Romans chapter 13. We're going to finish off the last few verses of Romans chapter 13. But uh Who can tell me uh the three sections of the book of Romans? Three sections of the book of, book of Romans, all right? Rom- one last one is service. Good for good for you, Linda. You got the last one? All right. And I shared with you three Three simple words last week, uh, and they are this saved, second one is sanctified, third one, serving. All right, Romans 1 to 5, saved, Romans 5 through 11, sanctified, and Romans 12 to the end, serving. And they have to do with three main themes that were found in the scriptures in the first five chapters it's faith, all right, it's the foundation of faith, it's laying a foundation of justification. By faith through, through trusting in Jesus' blood. And then uh, 6 through 11 is all about hope, and then uh, 12 to, to, to 16 is all about loving service. So faith, hope, and love is another good way of defining the book of Romans. We get into Romans uh, 12 to 16, and I gave you three words, all right, that, uh, do you remember the three words? They all start with the letter G, that can d- divide up the text at Romans 12 to 16. First one, what is it? What were we talking about? Romans chapter 12. Gifts. Gifts. The Lord gives gifts. gifts to the church, gifts of grace. grace, all right? And so the idea is that God enables us, he empowers us to 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 serve him. When, when we, we sign up to serve the Lord, he doesn't leave us without uh, weaponry and without armor and, and without power. He, he, he enables us by the Holy Spirit, by, by his grace, to serve him. And then the second, the second one, and that's the one we're in right now. What's the second G? Because servants of the Lord? Government. Government. You see, servants of the Lord have to learn to obey Government. And uh, if you're going to be a follower of Jesus Christ, if you're going to be effective in the kingdom, you're going to have to learn to be obedient to government. Then the last one, and we haven't even taken it yet, is gospel. From uh, chapter 15, verse 7 or 8 to, to the end, he's talking about gospel efforts and people who, have, who are serving in the gospel, people who have been uh, being one to the Lord through his ministry and through the ministry of the church. So... so uh, uh, a nice little uh, summary of these uh, chapters is is uh, grace, government, and gospel. All right, Grace, government, and gospel. So we're in the section on government, and uh, Romans chapter 13, there's a few verses that we didn't cover. Somebody please read Romans 13, verse 11 to 14. Somebody read verse, chapter 13, verse 11 to 14. I can do that. Thank you, Tim. And do this, understanding the present time. The hour has come for you to wake from your slumber, because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is nearly over, the day is almost here. So let us put aside deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us behave decently. As in daytime, not in orgies and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and debauchery, not in dissension and jealousy. Rather, clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ, and do not think about how to gratify the desires of the sinful nature. Okay. So these verses do not exist in a vacuum. We're going to talk about these verses, but we want to get the context first, so we go back for context to the previous verses starting in verse 8, and I'll read from 8 to 10. Let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another, for he who loves his fellow man has fulfilled the law. The commandments, do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not covet, and whatever other commandment there may be, are summed up in this one rule. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no harm to its neighbor, therefore love is the fulfillment of the law. And then verse 11, and do this. So that's the context. So what is he talking about? What's the the whole context here? Love, the the context is love, right? If we're going to serve, we have to serve in love. And so, uh, uh, love is a commandment. It's, you know, and, and love is a choice. It is not a feeling, primarily. Love is not a feeling, primarily. It comes with feelings, just like a Christmas gift comes with wrappings on it, all right? it comes with feelings, but it, love is not a feeling. Love is a choice, it is an act of the will, it is something that I do, it is an action word. It is not just something I feel, it is something that I do, and it is something I decide. And so, if I am going to serve the Lord, I have got to decide to follow the commandments I got to decide to follow the commandments, and and in chapter thirteen, verses one to seven, what commandments are there in Romans 13, 1 to seven that I am obligated to follow if I'm going to serve the Lord? Romans thirteen verse one. Submit to the, to the government. All right. Those are the, those are. The, can you imagine that? I. I can you imagine? The Apostle Paul telling the people who are new Christians, now, you got to submit to Rome. you got to submit to Rome. What? No, Rome's our enemy. Rome's against us, yeah. But the Lord wants us to submit to to the governing authorities. So, if I'm going to be a follower of Jesus Christ, I've got to observe respect for, and I've got to obey the laws of the authorities that be. That's so important. Even to pay my taxes. And then the second set of laws, or the second law that he he talks about from verse 8 to verse 10, is which law? Whose law? The law of God. The law of God, all right? So I've got to obey the law of the land, and I've got to obey the law of God. And then we get to our verses that we've just been reading, and do this understanding the present time. The hour has come for you to wake up from your slumber. Because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. Somebody tell me what he's talking about in verse 11. I've given you the context. What is he talking about in verse 11? I'll give you a few moments to ponder it. Why does he say this? And do this, understanding the present time. The hour has come for you to wake up from your slumber because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. He's talking about end times. That sure it's, our, our salvation is nearer than we first believed. He's talking about the, the fact that uh, we're getting nearer and nearer to the coming of the Lord. But what, what's the context, you see? He's talking about, Rose, what is he talking about?
1: Salvation. So you
0: can't it in darkness. right but what and do this and do what love. love see the context is loving service now my question to you is how much loving service can you do if you're sleeping And the answer is, and you could dream, dream about serving, that's right. You could dream about serving, but you cannot serve if you're sleeping. Now, sleeping is important, okay, and the Lord has so designed us that, that one-third of our life should be, should be sleeping, right? So sleeping, we're not knocking sleeping, right? Oh, yeah, you see. So, so, is he talking about literal sleep here? What do you think? No, all right. Because that's not what he's after, you see. The Lord commands us. He gives, he, he, gives, he gives sleep to those he loves. So, he commands us to get our night's sleep, all right? He's not against sleeping here. What is he against? A form of spiritual apathy is a good word. A form of spiritual apathy. That's what he's talking about. It's time to wake up from our spiritual apathy. Because people who are apathetic are not busy lovers. That's what he's saying. It's time to get busy and not be apathetic. And what are the things that make us apathetic? You tell me. Things that make us apathetic for serving God. What are, what are the things that weigh on your soul that make you apathetic for serving the Lord?
1: Fear of
0: failure. What? Fear, of failure. Fear of failure can make you apathetic? Absolutely. Fear of failure. Something else? It, Disappointments can can take the wind out of our sails, and we give up. Yep, uh, disappointments and yeah. Sometimes things being too easy and everything is going well for your life, why just don't it? Things are easy. Why not just uh, relax? Right? Yeah. Busyness. Yes. We can be busy, 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 and yet spiritually be slumbering. Busyness. That, that can distract us greatly, see, from our spiritual uh, exercise, our spiritual commitment here, which is to serve the Lord. Just, see. And, and people who are busy, busy doing the stuff of the world, and they are not busy doing the Lord's service, the Bible says they're slumbering. You're asleep. You're asleep.
1: Loving other things.
0: Loving other things like what? Uh, relationships, what the world deems
1: as success,
0: finances. Uh, all of the above, right? Finances, what the world deems successful, even relationships, okay? Or entertainment. Entertainment. You know we go after these things, and in their place, there's nothing wrong with these things. You see, the Lord knows that we have to make a buck, and the Lord is not against uh, 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 having downtime and enjoying ourselves with entertainment. There's nothing wrong with those things, but if they take us away from the primary goal of loving service, the official diagnosis is we are sleeping. And that's why he says, wake up from your sleep. Wake up from your sleep because uh, there's work to do. You know, there's, there's service that has to be done for the Lord Jesus. Uh, and, uh, and there's a time limit. There's a time limit on Christian service. Now we're going to serve the Lord in heaven. But what's the difference between serving the Lord in heaven and serving the Lord on earth? Is there any difference? If
1: we have eternity here. We have, we have limited time.
0: Only limited time here. Yes. Yeah. Here we serve by faith. There we serve by sight. There it's going to be so easy to serve the Lord because we're just going to see heaven there. And <laughs> it's going to be, in fact, it's going to be automatic, Right? we're going to be freed from the old sin nature we're going to have just the new nature upon us we're just going to be filled with the spirit 24-7 as if there are counting days or 24-7 in heaven but we're going to be filled with the spirit and it's going to be so easy to serve the Lord in glory and it says his bond servants shall serve him so there will be productive work in heaven there will be service for God in heaven and there will not be any interruption by Satan. that's right there won't be any interruptions but you see this is the point in heaven it's going to be so easy to love god so easy to love god on earth not so easy love is a choice and we have we all have our choices about How we spend our time, and how we spend our finances, and how we spend our energies, we all have a choice. And the Lord is saying, one of the biggest problems that I see in the Christian life and in the church is that they go to sleep. They go to sleep. And they stop doing their service. Because when you're sleeping, you can't be serving. So... That's why he puts that little verse there. Isn't that a powerhouse verse? I, I, I think that's just, just a powerhouse verse. Right? It just hits you right between the eyes because when you're, when you're sleeping, you can't be doing your loving service. Now there's another reason, you see, that he offers or another thing that, that he calls us to, verse 12 to 14. Uh, he's talking about sleeping and slumber, uh, stopping us from service. What else is going to stop us from service? Verse 12 to 14. Sin. Yep. All of the above, you see. Uh, uh, Living our lives in carelessness. Not just sleepiness, but carelessness. And that's going to kill Christian service as well. You can't be a loving servant of the Lord and be engaged in these uh, uh issues of sexual immorality listen god's servants are just as success, uh, uh, susceptible to sin as the regular person in the in the pew right the person in the pulpit just as susceptible and we've seen how uh, men of God, mighty people in in the in the Word of God, have fallen and and they're, they're Their their Christian service was absolutely crushed and absolutely destroyed. Why? Because of. Because I think
1: um, they start to believe the hype. You know, people are saying they're wonderful and they take their their eyes off God and they're putting it on themselves. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And they start to think, well, I can have a little fun here. And they get involved sexually with somebody. And down they go. See the whole, th- the whole thing, all their ministry, all their loving service gets, in, a, in effect, it gets negated. It gets, it gets poisoned. It gets tarnished because of the, uh, the, the immorality and, and the, uh, lo- the loose living.
1: a lot and just told you know how good you are and what you have done and oh and they just get lifted up really fast and they figure that they're above the law. They're above the law. I was yep. just I was dumb <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. 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 And that was that was Rose's point, you see, they they they, they start feeling the pride and they start uh, uh feeling a big uh bigger than they ought to feel and, and uh sin comes in. Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. So you see in the context here, he's talking about the purpose of the Christian life. The purpose of the, the Christian life has a purpose and the purpose is to lovingly serve God. That's what we're here for. Otherwise, as soon as we got saved, you know, the, the spaceship would come down and suck us up and then we get transported to glory right away. Gone, you know, oh, you're saved, boom, to heaven. But why, do, why does that not happen? We need, to hmm?
1: we need to witness. We, yes. What
0: God has done is our
1: lives.
0: And, and if God wanted a better way, he would have sent the angels to witness. So in a sense, who, for whom does he leave us here? What's the purpose? Well, it's helping others find the Lord, but angels can do that. I'm just trying to push back. You see, All right. Angels can could, could, could do a very effective work of evangelism. My point is this it's for us that he leaves us here. He wants us to learn how to love God back. He wants us to learn. For my sake that he leaves me here so that I can grow up spiritually and learn to give some little offering back to God for all that he's given me. He's given me a chance to love him back. That's what he's doing. He's given me a chance to love him back and that's what the time on earth is for. To have a chance to love him back because when I get to heaven it'll all be automatic. But down here love is definitely a choice. Love is a choice. I can choose to love myself or I can choose to love God and I can love him back for all the love that He's given me. And so the idea here is this, if you really really want to love Jesus back then you obey the laws, you keep yourself clean, you you, you keep yourself awake, you you do these things for the Lord in order to show your love for him. Look Look at what else he says in verse 13. Not just sexual immorality and debauchery, not in dissension and jealousy. See, these things are polluting just as much as immorality. So easy to carry on a fight, that's what dissension is. Just, just spend the rest of your life, like, fighting. Right? And uh, uh, some people that takes up their whole life, just fighting. I counsel people, and, and, and I listen to people's stories, and some people's stories are just full of fighting. It's all they do all their life. But it's, it's like they're born to fight. And they waste their life, dissensions and jealousies. Jealousy. To people in a marriage, they've, 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 they start to... Do, treat one another badly, and, and then they fight over the children. And sometimes the fighting is so bad that they're willing to, to destroy the children's lives, trying to pull them one way or the other. It's jealousy that, that has consumed them. The last thing that's going to happen to me is that I give my children to my wife. That's what the guy says. And, and jealousy just destroys it. So, Christians can be liable to these things uh, and, and they can start to control our lives and as soon as we get into that dissension, jealousy thing, we can't be an effective servant of the Lord. Loving service for God is out the window. Verse 14, Clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ and do not think about how to gratify the desires of the sinful nature. The Lord is trying to save me from myself so that I can become a loving servant of the Lord. So what what's this what what is this uh, uh uh why is verse 14 a good metaphor for clean living This makes life simple It makes life simple It makes life simple? Yes, it does. true. It's a simple way. But you see, notice, that, notice it's a choice. We all made choices today and, and I can tell we all made choices to put on some clothes. I'm glad, I'm glad we all made that choice. All right. But you go to your closet, you, you open your closet and there's several, several pieces of apparel to wear. You make your choice which one you're going to put on. And Once again, love is a choice. And in order to serve the Lord Jesus Christ, you have to make the choice. And and I encourage people, I encourage people to do this. Every single morning, verbalize your choice as to why you're going to live today. Verbalize it. Verbalize it to the Lord. Lord, I choose to live for Jesus Christ today. I choose to put on Christ. I want to be like Jesus and I want to serve the Lord. As soon as you do that, you know what the Lord says? We're in business. Okay, how much of the Holy Spirit do you want? How much enlightenment in the Word do you want? How much opportunity? A lot of Christians, they lament. They say, "Why, well, now, don't get any opportunities for, for witness. Well, have you signed up? Have you said, Lord, I want to witness to somebody today? I remember one of my, one of the folks in my extended family, he prayed that every day. He said, Lord, I want to witness to five people today. And you know what? He got to witness to five people. And he was a great soul winner. Because he was committed. I'm gonna t- tell I'm gonna tell the story of Jesus to five people today. Can you imagine that? Now he was retired by then, so he had the time to do that, right? You go and sit in the mall and you wear an outlandish tie or, or something to attract to himself. He goes sit in the mall. And, and, and uh, wait for the people to come by and, and make a funny crack about his tie, and then he would engage in the conversation and tell them about Jesus. And that was his. That was the way he witnessed. And uh, uh, that's Joy Joy's father, Mr. Ingram, right? In case you're wondering, who, which one of our relatives did that? But it was it was Joy's father, Ross uh, 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 Ingram. Uh, so we put on the Lord Jesus Christ and, and, and we choose not to think about how to gratify the desires of the sinful nature. What fun thing am I going to do today? No. How am I going to serve the Lord today? And I make a commitment to do that. Any other thoughts about those verses? They're, they're powerful verses. Yeah. Yeah. That's right.
1: I was thinking too about if you're clothing yourself with the Lord, um, you want to keep those clothes clean. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> I kind
0: of don't want to get them all mucked up. That's right. <laughs>
1: I kind of like the um, reference. It says talking about love, and I look at particularly Romans twelve, verse nine. Through about seventeen. It goes into a, a lot of detail as to how to put on
0: Jesus Christ. Yeah. as with the just goes A bad image, and to avert our mind, avert our thoughts from that. And we do that by saying, God, thank you for helping me recognize that that's a dangerous image, a dangerous thought, a dangerous philosophy. And I'm trusting in you to, to help me to protect my mind. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trusting you to help me protect my mind so that I can get on with the purpose that I'm supposed to do. See? It's protect my mind so that I can be a loving servant of the Lord. See, that's the idea. We have we have a we have a purpose. Um, when, when folks come to me, and I many of them do, they say, I've lost, you know, I have no purpose in living. And they're Christians, and I say to them, Oh, inside, I'm saying, Oh, all right, I know exactly what I have to tell them. You have a purpose, you've just forgotten it. You have a purpose, you've just forgotten it. And here's the purpose, and, and, and we get back to purpose statements in the scriptures. Well, right? oh, but I don't feel that anymore. Well, purpose isn't a feeling. Purpose is a choice. You can choose your purpose. And if if you're even though you're in the depths of depression and you don't feel like anything, you can get up and praise the Lord today. You can get up and do something loving for somebody today. See, it's a choice, even though you don't feel it. And many people who are in the depths of depression they get better when they start to do the right thing, even though they don't feel the right thing. And by God's grace. He enables them to do those things, and then the feelings come along afterwards, and they start to feel better. That's what often happens. Any other thoughts on that lovely little passage? Because we're going to go on to Romans 14, right? Because this is August the 14th, so we've got to get to Romans 14, right? Okay, let's read. Someone read this passage, uh, chapter 14, verse 1 to 13.
1: Except him whose faith is weak without passing judgment on disputable matters. One man's faith allows him to eat everything, but another man whose faith is weak eats only vegetables. The man who eats everything must not look down on him who does not. And the man who does not eat everything must not condemn the man who does. For God has accepted him. Who are you to judge someone else's servant? To his own master he stands or falls. And he will stand, for the Lord is able to make him stand. One man considers one day more sacred than another. Another man considers every day alike. Each one should be fully convinced in his own mind. He who regards one day is special. He who regards one day as special does so to the Lord. He who eats meat eats for the Lord. He who gives thanks to God and he who abstains does so to the Lord and gives thanks to God. For none of us lives to himself alone and none of us dies to himself alone. If we live, we live to the Lord. And if we die, we die to the Lord. So whether we live or we die, we belong to the Lord. Just, what, just, yep. Stop there.
0: No, get down to verse thirteen, honey.
1: For this very reason, Christ died and returned to life, so that He might be the Lord of both the dead and the living. You then, why do you judge your brother, or why do you look down on your brother? For we will all stand before God's judgment seat. It is written, As surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bow before me and every tongue will confess to God. So then each of us will give an account of himself to God. Therefore, let us stop passing judgment on one another. Instead, make up your mind not to put any stumbling block or obstacle in your brother's way.
0: Okay. Okay. Now we've just taken the first bite out of this next section. There are three bites. Uh, uh, and, and this section ends in verse 7. Look at verse chapter 14, verse 1, and chapter 15, verse 7. Alright? All right. Chapter 14, verse 1. Alright? And chapter 15, verse 7. So what is this section about? accepting okay and it begins in chapter 14 verse 1 and it ends in chapter 15 verse 7 right it's about accepting and uh this is a this is a a wonderful very very wonderful practical area for for us to 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 learn but once again this whole section is government Civil government, chapter 13, verses 1 to 7. God's, God's law, chapter 13, verse 8 to 14. And now we get something that's a little bit different than a law, and I would call it a principle. A principle. And there are three principles of acceptance. Three principles of acceptance. Now we have to it out a little bit, The difference between a law and a principle. A law and a principle. A law tells me right from wrong, clear cut. All right. Do this. Don't do this. No ifs, ands, or buts. All right. Just clear. Don't commit adultery. Don't murder your brother. All right. So those are those are laws. Chapter 14, into this next section, he's not talking so much about laws anymore as he is about principles of behavior. Now, what's the difference between a law and a principle? Principles are guiding truths, guiding truths that lead me, when I line up those principles, they lead me to the right destination. I'll give you an example. Have you ever been out in a boat on a lake, or like on Lake Ontario? Ever been out there? All right. When you're coming back into harbor, there are there are buoys. B, not buoys. Thank you, buoys. All right. That that uh, sometimes they 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 have different colors and they have they have lights on them as well, so they shine at night to lead the boats back into the harbor. And uh, there's, a, there's, a, there's green boys, and there's red boys, all right? And uh, the, the, if you're coming back in, in the evening, and you're looking for the harbour, you're looking to land, you look for these green and, and for these red markers. And if you're coming back, the red is always supposed to be on the right. And so, the principle is this, red, right, returning. If you're returning to harbour, keep the red boys on your right. Red, right, returning. Right. Now when you line up those, those, uh, those boys, you know that you don't go to the, to the opposite side of those boys. You, 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 it, it's to keep them on your right. And keep the green ones on your left, and then you'll get into the harbor. And you won't get dashed on the rocks, or you won't hit a sandbar, and, and uh, you'll get into the harbor. Principles are like those boys. When you line them up, They steer you in the right direction. They are not the same as laws. Because laws are about right and wrong, you break them, you are done. Principles do not exist as laws in and of themselves because sometimes the principles can be superseded by a higher principle. Sometimes the principle can be superseded by a higher principle. And so we have to be careful with principles not to make them laws. Accept him whose faith is weak without passing judgment on disputable, on disputable matters. That is a principle. Because sometimes when somebody's faith is weak and they commit, they commit a, a terrible sin and they refuse to leave their sin, we must not accept that person. Sometimes we have to put them out of fellowship. See? So this is not a law. Always accept somebody. Nope. Nope. It's a principle. It's a principle. It's not, it's not a law. And, and that means that we, we, we line that principle up with other principles and they steer us in the right direction. Is that, is that understood? Right? Difference between a law and a principle. A precept is like a law. A precept is a fixed thing. You, you, it's, it's, you either uh, follow it and you're good or you disobey the precept and you're wrong. It's, it's a law. Because I,
1: I know the Old Testament talks about I love your law, I
0: love your precepts. Yes. And, and precepts are, are fixed laws. That's how I would see it, all right? But principles... Are these wise wise reference points in life that keep me keep steering me in, in the right direction? We're gonna, we're gonna uh, come back to that as we study it, but uh, I, I just wanted to point out the difference between principles and and uh, uh, laws or precepts. Jim, could you have a principle that's different from principle that I had on a particular ritual? Say it again. Absolutely. That's the principles can vary from person to person based upon their conviction. That's why they're not fixed in stone. They're not laws that apply across the board. So there are three big principles here when it comes to uh, our ability to accept. One another. What does it mean to accept one another? By the way, when it says accept one another, even as Christ has accepted you, it's a version of love. It's It's certainly connected to love, isn't it? Don't be judgmental. Don't be judgmental. Yes. There's kindness. There's tolerance. All thrown into this area of acceptance. It's
1: giving a person dignity. Give,
0: giving a person <laughs> dignity. It's a big word. Wow. Right? Yeah, it's a big word. Give, giving them uh, fairness. Any other, any other thoughts on acceptance? Okay, so accept him whose, wake, whose, faith, whose faith is weak without passing judgment on disputable matters. And he gives us an example of a disputable matter. Uh, Verse 2 One man's faith allows him to eat everything, but another man whose faith is weak eats only vegetables. It's a vegetarian. This is still a problem today, right?
1: (laughs) Yeah, why?
0: And some people, they're, they're so committed to vegetarianism that they look down on people who eat meat and they say, well, you're a killer, right? You kill those, those animals and you cause animals to suffer and all of that, you see. And, and they say, We're, those who are carnivores are murderers, you see. And then us who are carnivores looked down on, I just tipped off my, my preference. <laughs> those of us who are carnivores, we, we, we say about those vegetarians, oh, they just don't know anything. They don't know what true eating is all about, you see. But they also believe the plants talk to them, so therefore they're living beings, and therefore they too are murdering plants. That's right, they're murdering the plants, you see. So when you, start, when you start getting into these areas where there needs to be discernment, you see, it's, it's not law-based, it's principle-based. And so he goes on to say in verse 3, the man who eats everything must not look down on, the, on him who does not, and the man who does not eat everything must not condemn the man who does, for God has accepted him. In other words, God loves vegetarians just as much as he loves carnivores. All right, Those, he, he loves both of us, you see. And we must not let this be a basis for breaking fellowship and for practicing non acceptance of the person. Any thoughts there? Now, there's lots of different. There's lots, he's only taken one example, by the way, here, because there's lot, lots of different things that we, w- w- where we, we can take a principle and make it into a law. A lot of things that we do in life, and we're, we're probably going to discuss a few of those as we go along. But he's using this as an example. And why should we not... Um, be prejudicial against a person who has a different principle than us who has a different a different choice than us what what's the what does he say in verse three why should we not condemn this person God,
1: accepted.
0: god has accepted him <clears throat> you have to remember that you see god doesn't mind if we're if we're vegetarians and god doesn't mind if we're carnivores God has accepted him And then, verse four. What's another reason why we should be very careful about being critical and judgmental on such an issue as food and, and uh, whether we we're, we eat meat or not? Verse four. Why have to we? Why do we have to be careful about being critical? Well, yeah, but, but what's, what's, he, he, he gets to that point, actually, down a little bit farther, uh, down in verse 10, he gets down to that point that we're going to be judged as well. Then why do you judge your brother? For we will all stand before God's judgment seat. So he gets there. But in verse 4, he's not quite at that point yet. What's the reason why we don't judge our brother over these preferences, over these... these convictions that he might have in life about the way he eats food.
1: It's not our responsibility,
0: it's not our responsibility because he is whose servant? He's,
1: the Lord's servant?
0: He's the Lord's servant. He's the Lord's servant. Listen, it's getting a little bit noisy, so I think I'm going to uh, finish this off here and let you fellowship this morning. Uh, and we're going to finish the rest of it uh, Chapter 15, uh, chapter fourteen next week. Okay, I'd like you to think about that. Read that chapter, and uh, and uh, think about the difference between precepts or laws and principles. and And uh, we'll have more fun uh, uh, parsing this chapter next week. Let's let's just pray. Father in, in heaven, we thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to. Uh, to study your word we thank you father for this beautiful chapter which has so much wisdom when it comes to interpersonal relationships and lord help us to be good at uh, practicing laws but also having good principles uh, because that's part of the inner government of the christian life having a principled life and lord help us to be very careful not to judge one another uh, based upon principles we pray these things in jesus name amen